Helmets and Heels, <laughs> built by DreamFinders Homes, Yippee. is presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products on 1010XL. Now your hosts, Donna Murphy, Lauren Brooks, Amanda Borges, and Blythe Brumley. Well, we're missing DMARF tonight, but the rest of us are here in full swing. I say full swing because it was the Masters over the weekend, and ladies... Despite the ratings, I thought it was a fantastic Masters. Jeff Prosser clearly disagrees with me because in the mornings he's said both days this week that he thought it was a doldrum of an event. Just totally bored with the entire tournament until the very end. I disagreed, but let's get your thoughts. I love everything about Augusta, including some of the names of the holes. I love that red bud and yellow jasmine. I love Amen Corner. I love it all. All right, Blythe, what about you? I love the, the the lore of the Masters, but I'd kind of have to agree with Prosser on this one. And I know it's very rare of me to say, but um, <laughs> is it a it, it, little bit. Um, but for me personally, I love the the historical aspect. I love all of the the, the maintenance that goes into the grounds before the tournament occurs. Um, the the tradition, but overall, I'm not really watching. Every single, every single hit, every single swing. I'm, I'm not watching that. It's not appointment viewing all four days for me. It's appointment viewing during the final round for me. And I, I definitely watch that. But the other three days, no, I got other stuff to take care of. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Oh my yeah. gosh. One of my favorite things was the fact that they came out with the Masters app where all you had to do was click on it and immediately you could start watching. I loved it. In fact, I was annoyed Friday. I was at the hair salon chilling watching the masters having a great time (laughs) and then all of a sudden it goes to commercial break and i'm like oh i guess i'll check twitter god forbid i like talk to someone right you know (laughs) and all of a sudden i see all the news about rasheen mathis and the one day retirement i'm like oh it's fine you know i can miss that and then i saw the news about aaron colvin i was like you gotta be kidding me it was back to back almost i think right and i was like i'm just trying to sit here and watch a golf tournament (laughs) and enjoy myself at the hair salon right and how does this happen like and it's not like the alerts are gonna come in because i'm you know locked in so i was very frustrated like no news is supposed to come out during the match that's the way the nfl likes it oh i know i know i was what are you supposed to do they're supposed to ask me when they can release information well i know they're listening all the VR staff at Everbank. So maybe next time. I mean, um, what about you? You're not a huge golf person. No, I'm not, which is funny because I'm actually going to agree with Blythe for once in my entire life, I think. <laughs> um, it's not that it was a snooze fest because I like golf more now, especially since I attended the players last year. And that was my first golf event ever. So I liked watching and I love watching the golfers talk with their caddies. And I love listening to like how they discuss certain things. And I think that's really cool. But I wasn't locked in until four o'clock on Sunday. Oh, my God. I watched. Okay, so I watched the very beginning only a little bit just to kind of keep track of who's doing what? How are people starting off? But after that, I didn't find a reason to watch the whole entire thing because it doesn't really matter until it gets to the finals. Right. But and this time, as far as speed leading and everything like that, and Jordan Spieth, it looked like was going to run away with it, of course, until, you know, towards the back nine on Sunday. But to me, it was 
it's just the majesty of the course. That's what draws me in, regardless of, of who's playing well. Now, that helps, Well, certainly. the course is beautiful. There's no denying but that. I can't, I can't not watch. I cannot I, listen see, to their terminology. I wish I was and, like that. You didn't, even, you didn't even stop watching for Friday night's Gator game? Um, yeah, I mean, I went back and forth. But okay. I, I, as far as, like, the excitement of it, I get excited about it. On yeah. Tuesday, looking forward to part three. And then on yeah. Thursday, even while I'm at work, I'll have, you know, a tab in my browser and I'll kind of plug in and out. Just, See, like, well, yeah, that. That, that's sort of, a, I don't want to say like appointment viewing, but that's more of like highlight watching. And I think that's more of where I, I sort of watch uh, the majority outside of NFL. The majority of the sports that I consume is more on a highlight level. So I'm watching Twitter. I'm watching the breaking news. Um, I'm watching, you know, Sports Center late at night, or I'm listening to the the podcast first thing in the morning. The next day, I'm not sitting down from seven a.m. to five or mm-hmm. six p.m. and watching golf nonstop. I I have a job and I have stuff to do. Yeah, <laughs> but I think there's a difference between tuning in during that time frame and watching the highlights. Yeah, like I I want to hopefully be able to catch a lot of the good stuff as it's happening, not necessarily be locked in and not be right. doing anything else. Mm-hmm. That's impossible. But I don't want to just flip it on at the end of the day and go, okay, now go through the day with me and tell me who made what. Like, I don't know if y'all were watching on Sunday when Louis Eusthazen made the um, hole-in-one. Yes. yes, Yeah. So, like, had that happened on Thursday, it would have annoyed me if I had missed that. Missed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just stuff like that. I don't know. There's just, there's moments of it that, that I look, I just totally look forward to all year long there's something about that tournament and then the players on this i would rat i would like to be out at the players from the practice rounds on tuesday all the way through the end of sunday and i know so many people who say i'd rather be at home on sunday and be able to watch on tv and yes that's a certainly a better way to be able to see what everyone's doing on the course at the same time Mm -hmm. but i would rather be physically there on 17 when someone goes in the water like sergio that one time went in the water several times or Matt Kuchar, you know, makes an eagle on 17. Well, physically there, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I want to be there every single day of the players, except for Sunday, because that's a little much to go that many days in a row. <laughs> um, but it definitely, I mean, in, in today's, I guess, viewing world, you get alerts on your phone yeah. the minute something big happens. And all I have to do is swipe my finger on it and I can watch it live. So I don't have to be locked in per se. But if I'm going to watch any part of it, then I'm going to make sure that I'm in front of my couch during that final round. Sure. Well, all right. So let's get to Jordan Spieth. If you were his caddy, if you were his girlfriend, fiance, whatever, I, I can't remember if he's engaged th- or not. No, no, no. I'm pretty They're, sure they've been a together girlfriend. a long time. I know that he, he had a girlfriend when he first came on the tour. Um, but anyway, so if you were her, if you were his mom, what would you have said to him the first time you would have been able to talk to him after that round? I don't <sighs> know that you can say much to him. I was him. just going to say that you, you, I, I'm not on this level, but I've sort of dealt with an experience like that before where a guy has a crushing loss and you just you don't know what to say to them. And sometimes saying nothing and just being there to yeah. just listen and be there for them, I think, is a little bit better than than try to offer words of encouragement. Maybe wait a few days in mm-hmm. order to, to really flesh it out and talk about it. But I think right immediately following that moment, they're probably answering so many questions from the press and and media roundtables that they just don't want to talk about it anymore more after their obligations are done did you guys see that he didn't want to talk to the media mm-hmm. afterwards what did you think about that i thought that he he actually gave an honest and authentic answer after his after that crushing loss um it was refreshing to see that because normally jordan spieth is sort of a boring golfer <laughs> he wins a lot but he's boring um and i think the the ratings sort of reflect that because this would have been this was the fourth lowest rating 
ratings for the Masters in nearly two decades, and it would have been the second worst ratings for the Masters in two decades had Jordan Spieth not collapsed the way he did. Oh, I think Jordan, my heart went out to him. And yeah, there's people, people I work with that said, yeah, but the kid's already made $31 million and he has an Under Armour endorsement. It's not about the money. Right. To To me, it was, it was put myself in his shoes and to have failed after, after having such great circumstances to set you up to be only the third person in history to do this feat to accomplish a back to back green jacket and then to fail on such a, traumatic not and traumatic is probably too strong of a word but just such a public way in such a public way and my heart just melted because I understand exactly like that type of feeling when you you've given it all you had and it wasn't good enough and I was fine with the way that he handled himself I, I had tears in my eyes when he was about to cry in his interview I didn't mind at all when they said, you know, can you get the cameras out of the face right now? Like, that didn't bother me yeah. in the least. Like, give the child, and I'm going to use child because he's young. He's 22. But, yeah, give him some privacy in that moment, I guess. And maybe there are people who would adamantly say, no, he earns his money by yeah. being in the public spotlight. Therefore, he's got to face it. Mm-hmm. And yes, there's that whole Cam Newton discussion of how he didn't handle it yep. well off the Super Bowl and Jordan Speed did so much better, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Golf is completely different than the NFL. Completely different. Danny Willett, Willett was not running up to Jordan Speed and tackling him right. throughout the game and then talking bad about him right. in his you know, immediate press, or not really press conference, but interview after. It's a, Golf is a very different sport. Very there's a, different. a much higher level of etiquette out there. It, from a time that you start playing, it's not like you get to start on the golf course cussing and like drinking beer when you're 10. And then all of a sudden, well, that would be a bit extreme, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, acting inappropriately when you're learning right. to play golf and then growing into this, you know, highly polished game. No, you start off that way. You learn the rules of golf almost before you learn how to play golf. Right. So it didn't bother me in the least. I, oh, I just, all right. So let's get to Danny Willett. And the fact that his wife had her labor induced two weeks early so that he could make the tournament. Now, I'm sure that she consulted with her doctor because at that point... Was that the only reason she did it? I No, I think I think they had conversations about if she weren't to go early, then okay. he would miss the tournament. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure she sat down with her doctor and the way that I understand these things work, I've never been induced into labor, but... You do have sort of an option based in that last few weeks because once you hit that 36 weeks, they say baby's, you know, full term, so to speak, and and is going to be healthy as long as, you know, all the other precautions are taken. So I'm sure that, yeah, the doctor was like, hey, two weeks early is not a big deal whatsoever. Um, let's let's do this thing. <laughs> let's bring this baby into the Zachariah. Let's, let's bring this baby into the world. So I just thought now on the flip side, I I could imagine what Spieth was going through. I couldn't imagine what Willett was going through. The fact that you just had the most amazing of miracles happen in your life, which your your wife has your first healthy son, mm-hmm. and the best golfer in the world mm-hmm. has a has an absolute horrendous back nine and just hands you the green jacket, which is the most coveted thing in all of golf. How other than maybe the Grand Slam, of course, but for one tournament. Like, how do you feel then? I've, I don't think I've ever, like, been that blessed in just a short period of time. I think it probably helped him focus more that the fact that his wife had the baby. Oh, for sure. Earlier and sure. That way he's yeah. not, you know, I don't think he was worried. ever thinking about winning it. I mean, if you, that's if probably you were able to go into his head. Was, yeah, that's what I was thinking because. Hey, I'm going to get second place. <laughs> there wasn't any pressure on him ever. Like, there was never a moment, obviously, until the very end where he was like, hey, I could win this thing. And I think 
that is kind of what got to Jordan Spieth because there was so much pressure to do it again. And here comes Danny Willett. La, 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 la. Hey, I just won. Look at me. Which I went to school with a girl with her last name Willett. So, like, I've had to work really hard to say his <laughs> name Willett. Because all weekend I was saying Willett. And then I, I asked people, I said, all right, so have y'all heard of this guy, Danny Willett? Willett. Yeah, I had to think about it at that time. And, um, you know, the people who play fantasy golf had certainly heard of him, and most people hadn't. I want to know he was a if top anyone golfer in the world. picked him. I'm sure someone somewhere did. Well, somewhere, but I mean, like... Not, certainly none of the experts had him anywhere yeah, near the top, because right. I read through a lot of that. And it, they, in golf, there's so many statistics that you can choose to try and help you, but really, it's it, to me, it comes down to... Who's striking the ball well? Yeah. Who plays the conditions well? And then who's got a steady hand when it's time to putt the ball? And mental awareness. Mental awareness is probably the biggest facet of the game. And you saw with Jordan Spieth, his, his epic collapse, I think it was on the 12th hole, that he had two bogeys. And that's when it's it, that comes into play. And you never know what somebody's going through mentally off the course that could affect their game on the course. So making those kind of golf predictions is extremely hard. Yeah, usually they're pretty dead on. Um, that's how I won my golf league is I just followed the experts. And unfortunately, it this worked? time it did work. Uh, I mean, nice. I, I did a lot of studying in addition to that, like certain uh, a lot of studying. That's not true. I would I would read multiple experts and then I would go with a gut feeling because in my league, you're only allowed to pick one person for the entire year. It wasn't a it's pick oh, top wow. three. Yeah. So you had to figure out. All right. For instance, this was three years ago. So Tiger always plays really well on the West Coast. So I'm going to pick him to win that. But I I better be right. And he better win that one because that's the only time I get to pick Tiger the entire season, which that year I did. I got lucky. But all right, we have a lot to get to tonight. We are missing D-Murph. She'll be back with us next week, though. So it's Blythe and Amanda alongside me. We have some studs and duds in a few moments. We have a chocolate heel to give away tonight. We have a Twitter poll, all sorts of stuff. So be sure to follow us at Helmets and Heels on Twitter, and that will be released shortly. But now, time for a short break before studs and duds. You listen to Helmets and Heels, built by Dream Fighters Homes on 10 to next on 2.5 FM. It's on my soul, sisters. Let me hear your flow, sisters. Hey, sister, go, sister, soul, sister, flow, You're listening to Helmets and Heels, built by DreamFinders Homes. Presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products. On 1010XL, 92.5 FM. That's right, Helmets and Heels, built by DreamFinders Homes. We are with you every Tuesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. And ladies, whenever Donna is not able to join us, I decide that I then get two studs and two duds. What? Yep, that's right. Um, so who this do is you a four-person show here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, sometimes if it ever strikes you, I honestly could have had 10 studs. I literally, all week after the show last week, I've been screenshotting my studs. And I've had so many of them that I finally whittled it down, honestly, to two. I could have had like eight to 10. And then duds... Oh, man, that's a whole other conversation. Um, I ended up going with one dud to spare a very long conversation about the killing of defensive end Will Smith um, mm-hmm. because I would like to do a tirade against the fender bender and everyone who has road rage that leads to something like that and the fact that some people shouldn't have handguns. But anyway, that's what we're not going to talk about. Instead, we're going to talk about 
fun studs and then some bad duds. Blythe, we're going to start with you. For me. So how many times have you been to a baseball game and wanted to catch a foul ball? Uh, never. Virtually never. Virtually never? You never, never. want to catch a foul I ball? I don't know. No. Because oh, what if you don't Jesus. catch it and it lands on your teeth and then you're screwed? <laughs> why are we talking? I usually like if not... it comes at your face and you're not prepared. <laughs> but that's why you pay attention at a baseball game. I'm not usually sitting, unless I'm in the berm, I'm not usually sitting in a section where the foul ball would come at a rate where I would want to catch it. Normally I'm sitting somewhere closer to home plate. Because I don't have great depth perception, and so I, for strikes, I need to be able, I need to be closer to home plate to really be able to tell if it's a strike or not. So I don't sit towards the left or right field bleachers or whatever kind of seats they are at that point. Therefore, any foul ball that's coming at me if I'm at home plate is going to be like high velocity coming at my face. So no, I don't. I don't. Well, um, I absolutely disagree. <laughs> and so does a gentleman by the name of Bill Dugan. Oh, yeah. He is a lifelong Tigers fan, born and raised in the city of Detroit, moved away for a little bit, moved back in 84. So he's been to lots and lots of Tigers games. Well, Monday, he caught five foul balls and each one of those foul balls he gave away to a kid. Which I love. And That's awesome. I think two years ago, he caught four foul balls in one game. He Well, his record is eight. What? Total. He caught four during the game and four during batting practice. So I don't know if that oh, really counts. Yeah, that doesn't but count. he's caught probably over, uh, he, he estimated over 100 balls throughout his entire lifetime. But he said after he had, a, of course, had a post-game interview where, you know, a local reporter asked him, you know, well, what was the best feeling about catching those foul balls? And he said, well, actually, it was giving them away to the kids and Heck seeing yeah. their reaction on their faces versus me just catching it. Oh, yeah. No, I love that part of it. Um, went to the Suns game Friday night, and then Saturday went to the JU-UNF baseball game. And both times was nervous about foul balls anywhere near me because, again, much closer in, you don't want that. Like, it's not – that's not a ball that's going to be, like, lobbed up typically because they're going to catch those if it's like that. Well, see, back in the day with um, when the Suns park – uh, whenever I used to go with my dad, they used to have bleachers over on the right field line. So whenever somebody would hit a foul ball, uh, it would go through right. down and bounce around through the bleachers. And so all the kids knew that you had to run down and go under the bleachers in order to get the foul ball. Yep. So that was our that was our big strategy. And this guy clearly has a strategy because now the seat that he was sitting in is called the seat. And so ah, if you want to catch a oh. foul ball at Comerica Park, that's where you want to sit. Yeah, well, the, I prefer... the Tigers beat the Pirates today 8-2. to two. I'm not happy about it. Oh. If I'm going April. to take home a foul ball, <laughs> I I prefer to find it on the ground. <laughs> or perhaps if I'm walking up high in the stadium and it happens to land near me, then perhaps so I'll take it So you're not going to be one of those people in the kayaks trying to catch a foul ball. Is what <laughs> you you're know, saying. maybe, but do they float? I would want to catch the home okay, run in the kayak. That's what right. I want to catch. Well, of course, but catching a home run in a kayak is probably something that will never happen to one of us. I don't know. No? It depends. Is that a bucket depends. list thing? I mean, are we doing it can this? can be. Okay. Oh, no, I think about it. <laughs> sure. I mean, it depends on what ballpark you go to. Yeah, well, of course. There's not a moat around. I understand that. <laughs> yeah, if I was sitting near the foul poles, like whenever I do sit in the berm, then that's one thing. But I'm not someone who's going to like bring my glove and then try to get them. Yeah. But I love watching. There was a guy at the Suns game. He caught it um, barehanded and, you know, 
made all the kids go crazy and then gave it to one of them. It's so special. One of the best things I've ever seen is a girl who caught a foul ball in her beer at Wrigley Field. (laughs) What? And then she chugged the beer with the ball still in the cup. It was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. How is there any beer left in it? I'm surprised it it didn't all splash out. It was a big cup. Ah, Perfect. The ball was sitting at the top. Awesome. I'm going to go with that's my kind of (laughs) gal. That's awesome. Amanda Borges, who's your stud? My stud is a girl by the name of Caitlin Atwell. Yesterday, we did our afternoon show at St. John's. St. Jude's. Um, well, it was at St. John's Golf and Country Club, oh. but it was benefiting um, St. Jude's. My bad. And, no, it's fine. Um, and so we met the girl who the tournament was benefiting, and her name was Caitlin, and she was so incredible. She came in, and she was telling us her story, and it's one of those stories where when you say the words, it doesn't even amount to what it is because it was just so insane the things she went through so she was in a coma for a year and a half in a coma she's been in and out of the hospital for six years she had 25 brain surgeries 25 and were those what led her to get into the coma so i don't know the details i'm pretty sure she had an accident and she was in a coma and her doctors told her she had a zero percent chance of survival. Wow. I'm sorry. Her doctors told her mom sure. this while she's in the coma. Um, so they decide to bring in another neurosurgeon for a second opinion. And this guy comes in and says, yeah, I can do this. So he performs 25 brain surgeries. Oh my Here God. she is now. She's walking. She has little walkers that she walks with. And her this is the coolest thing. Her new thing now is she loves to give, hu- give hugs to people. Because it's taken her so long to relearn how to even just like lift her arms and use her arm muscles. So she gave us all hugs and she came on the air and she talked with us. It was just incredible. It was amazing. It's the coolest thing. And it's one of those moments that really puts everything in perspective for you. Because when our lives are so perfect compared to hers, we still find something to complain about. Right. So I love that she puts herself out there and that she's a voice for St. Jude because there are so many kids out there that are like her. Um, And her mom persevered through all of this. So it was just a really, really cool story yesterday. It was an awesome, awesome moment. And it was a great tournament. They raised a bunch of money. They had a lot of golfers out there. So it was awesome. Very nice. Do they have golf boards at St. John's Country Club? No, they did not. I love golf boards. Ditto. (laughs) Ditto. For people who don't know what they are, Uh, because they're a fairly new thing. It's a it's a motor powered board, but your body is controlling the movement and then right. you can put your golf bag and golf clubs on the front of it mm-hmm. so you can get around the golf course by yourself and it can speed up the play, especially if you're playing, you know, with an odd number of people and then two want to go on the golf cart, one slower, you know. It it's I just feel like it's much better. Also if you go to the course by yourself. Sure. You know, because yeah. you're just like running around by yourself and it doesn't really matter. Because sometimes it's fun to be social and sit in the golf cart with your friend. But then there's an older demographic that was not happy about the right. golf boards. Because <laughs> you're not like speeding happy. past the golf carts. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're supposed to do that. I think. Oh, well, I didn't do that. I'm just saying that you could if you wanted to. <laughs> I totally did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My studs are very in line sort of with what you're talking about, Amanda. Um, the first one is Florida punter John Gould who overcame Hodgkin's lymphoma at the age of 10, uh, went in for like a sinus infection. His dad took him into the doctor and 
Luckily, before he left, the dad said, and he's also experiencing some night sweats because they were just going to give him some regular old medicine, send him away. And his dad said he's experiencing some night sweats around his neck, which is a very odd symptom. And the doctor picked up on that. They ran more tests. He ended up having to go undergo a bone marrow, um, not transplant, but um, tests where they take it. I always forget what that's called. Extraction, something like that. So long story short, after a year of five days a week, chemotherapy. Yeah. Um, he was diagnosed as cancer free. And so now he has a tattoo on his, um, right arm that kind of shows the, or not shows kind of, it does shows the date. I think 10, eight, like 12, something like that. So anyway, now he's a punter at Florida. Um, must no, Oh eight, some 10, five, Oh eight, whatever. doesn't matter. <laughs> the point of it is that he overcame all that. And they said, his parents said, and his doctor said, It was unbelievable that a child diagnosed with something that severe never one time complained about anything. None of the treatment, never said he was tired, never, and and understood that it was a very dangerous situation. So that's um, my first one. And my second one, Dwight Howard, I never thought would be my stud. But today it was announced that he is doing a blood drive for Craig Sager, who has Mm -hmm. cancer, acute, and I always get what it's called a little bit off. Um, acute myeloid leukemia. Okay. And so Dwight Howard's actually organizing that with his charity, which Dwight Howard has not always been a stud on my list. So I was, I was proud of him for that. He was in a really interesting outside the lines profile on Sunday where they're talking about doing, it's called like blood flow rehab and it's where they restrict the blood flow to your legs. And so you can speed up your recovery time. And it's apparently like really good for the knees. And it's super new. And I guess only a few sports franchises are taking part in it. But he, it was actually really, really interesting because it speeds up the entire healing process and takes off, a, you know, the, the whole physical therapy route with athletes have to go through whenever they have an ACL or an MCL. But it was really fascinating stuff. That's so interesting. I don't know anything about medicine, but it seems like it would be the opposite, that the less blood flow flow would cause you slower recovery but i like i said i know nothing about medicine a fat that is fascinating it, it was really really well done if, if you guys haven't watched it, it was outside the lines and it was blood it was called like blood flow th- or restrictive blood flow therapy huh all right Blythe, who's your dud my dud he's actually been a previous stud of mine and i think he's a brilliant he's head coach. falling from the graces of blood for, for this this time he is but cardinals uh head coach bruce arians that's he, mine oh no Yep. Yeah, I was, want you to read the quote. Good thing you have two, right? Yes. Well, he the was, other one I'm not talking about. Oh. Well, he was speaking in front of a group of about 130 uh, high school football coaches all around the country. And he said in the quote, he said, we feel like this is our sport. It's being attacked and we've got to stop it at the grassroots. It's the best game that it's ever been. Curse yep. word invented. Yep. And we've got to make sure that moms get the message because that's who's afraid of our game right now. It's not dads. It's moms. And I thought that that was, I mean, he, he followed it up with, you know, rules on an, uh, improper tackling. And that's what we need to emphasize. But why he chose to to pick out moms was the, the point that I, that's I what burned me as well. I was so aggravated by it. It's like it, it, this is, a, I think, a parental decision. This is an overwhelming any any lack of signups 
to peewee football or high school football is firmly placed on the NFL and their inability to address concerns as soon as possible and not hide behind them a la the tobacco industry and how they hid their their dangers for so long. The NFL hid behind this for forever. So if he's going to be pointing fingers, he shouldn't be pointing it towards moms who are now worried at a full deck of information or parents who are worried about a full deck of information. Attack parents if you're going to take that route. Don't attack just moms. And I actually can't stand the fact that he's attacking parents in general. Parents are just looking out for the safety of their kids. If they decide that football is not the right sport for their kids, then by all means. Cecil Short said on our show a couple years back that he would not allow his son to play uh, he would only allow him to play flag football up until like the, you know, age 12 or 13. He wouldn't right. even allow him to play tackle football until later in life. Right. Because they can experience concussions at mm-hmm. that young of an age. But I do understand what he's saying, because if you look at it and if you want to stereotype, it's the moms who are the ones who say no way. And the dads, most of the time, who push contact sports because they played or they want to see their son play because they weren't good. It's always the moms who are like, no, like I don't want my kid to get hurt. And the dads are like, no, go out there, go out there. So attacking parents in general is not good. And what he did, the way he did it wasn't good, but I understand where he's coming from because as a mom, I feel like I would be the one that's like, well, no. And I feel like it's always the dads that are pushing for that. Well, see, they actually in, in this article that I read, it was it, it, they surveyed parents and 40 percent of mothers said that they would disapprove their child playing in football. while only 32 percent of fathers said they would. So it's only an eight percent difference in, in who mm-hmm. say and who's saying that, you know, yes, I want my child to play because the dangers and the concerns are there no matter your gender. And I oh, think that course. if he's in, in this instance, if he's going to go after someone, then maybe he should go after the root of the issue and that's improper tackling and not necessarily attacking the parents Mm -hmm. for trying to make the best decision for their kids right yeah i know so many reverse situations of what you're talking about amanda where the the moms are the ones kind of pushing the kids along and the dads are like no i did play i don't want my son to experience the injuries that i experienced at such a young age um i don't want the possibility of concussions coming up you i mean think of Having like an eight-year-old playing football and then all of a sudden you have to take your eight-year-old who's experiencing dizziness Mm -hmm. and loss of vision to the doctor and you're thinking to yourself, like as a, if, if you're a mom or a dad, I can't believe I encouraged my kid to play this and you know, it was obviously not the right decision for whatever the circumstance, but I, I think I totally agree. He was my dad too. How about that? I don't agree with how he went about it, but I do understand where he's coming from. Well, and did you read the article today um, that AJ Tarpley wrote, the 23-year-old that mm-hmm. retired, retired from yeah. concussion and, and I stuff? Also and that's saw, what's sticking with me, too. Yeah, there was also an article that came out, um, and it was a mom who was angry, saying this is why... I don't want to misquote her, but her son suffered from concussions, and I want to say something very serious happened with him because of football, and so... She was very angry, saying, listen, like, this is not what we should be doing. We should be figuring out how to fix the game, not pinpointing who's at fault for making their son play or not play, which I agree with. Um, but all right, Amanda, who's your dad? OK, my dad is very simple. It is Aaron Colvin because I'm very upset with him for doing what he did. Obviously, the details remain to be unknown as far as what exactly he took, but he obviously took 
some sort of performance-enhancing drug that has gotten him suspended for four games, which is a lot. Um, I think that the team will find a way to figure it out, but it just puts them in a tough spot. I know Aaron Colvin, he's a good guy. It doesn't mean that he you know, doesn't make mistakes just like everyone else. I'm just kind of disappointed that even if it was something questionable, do your homework. You have so much access to so many different things. If you need something, you know what you can take. You know what you can't take. I'm just aggravated that he made a, a silly mistake that he maybe didn't think was anything at the time and has now turned into something worse. Well, we don't have time in this segment to address this, but would you take that risk if you knew it was only going to be four games, but if it bettered your entire career yes. as, a, as a, an athlete? Right. Absolutely. And so that's that's a whole nother conversation, like I said. But I, I think that's where a lot of this kind of stuff stems from as you look yeah. at the consequences versus the benefits. Right. And sometimes the consequences aren't nearly as, Ryan Brown as bad. Ryan Brown earned a $100 million contract yeah. and then it got busted for PEDs. Right. He's not, a, he, he's not apologizing. Oh, okay. for, I mean, he's Money apologizing to the media, but he's, <laughs> he's got plenty of money to, to feel sorry for himself and wipe away those tears. Exactly. All right. Well, we have some baseball talk to get to. We have some basketball talk to get to. Blythe, do you want to let everyone know about the Twitter poll that is now up? Remember, that is at Helmets and Heels. We want all of you to vote in our poll. It is NBA related tonight. Sure, it is. Would you rather the NBA season comes to a close tomorrow night? Do you want to see Kobe Bryant's last game or do you want to see the Warriors potentially clinch 73 win record? Go to Twitter at Helmets and Heels and you can answer that for us. There you go. I know my answer. All right, we'll be back in just a moment with some baseball talk. You're listening to Helmets and Heels built by Dreamfinders Homes on 1010 XL 2.5 FM. Helmets and Heels, built by DreamFinders Homes. Presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products. On 1010XL, 92.5 FM. All right, ladies. Baseball season is back. How many baseball games have you watched so far? Not necessarily complete games, but just in general, some innings, some pitches, some swings. How much baseball? At least a handful. At least a handful. Amanda, anything? Yes. Actually, yes. Um, I can put that on one hand. All right. So, so I don't three know what that means four. exactly, but okay. <laughs> well, that right. was the point, but I just three or four. Okay. Three or four. So, And they've the, been raised games. Raised games. All yeah. right. So of the baseball that y'all have watched, um, have you run across Bryce Harper at Absolutely. any point? I, I mean this year. Have you seen him play this year? No, I, I saw a couple highlights. Okay. So Bryce Harper, I'm going to say, thinks he's God's gift to baseball. Um, And I could be wrong. I'm sure that the people who know him would tell you differently. But just to me, the kind of swagger that he carries, I think that he's he's what I term a cocky baseball player. Now, some people would say that all baseball players are cocky, but I don't believe that whatsoever. I think there are several who are humble and hardworking. Mike Trout, one of them. Sure. But and I can you say that about any sport? Like, you can't generalize sure, every but single I think, professional athlete is cocky. But I right? think if you were to poll people and you just ask a random person, you gave them five sports, which Baseball's sports do you the think have right. the cockiest athletes? I think a lot of people would say baseball players. You're probably right. But they, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's just a concept that I grew up with and therefore 
you know, I, I've just, I think it's the dip. I think it's the the big butts and the tight pants. I don't know for See, some reason. Don't not baseball tight. pants though. Oh, I'm not knocking them. That's a God's whole separate gift. conversation that we are going to talk about tonight, which is baseball <laughs> managers. Um, oh gosh. But all right. So, do you do you have a player, whether it's baseball or another sport, that every single time that person takes the field, takes the court, takes the platform and swimming. Um, do you have in the diving board? Do you not really board unless they're a uh, um, diver? I was trying to think. What is the blo- the block? Thank you. Sorry, my brain was <laughs> blocking me from saying the block. It's okay, um, keep trying swimming. to think because I'm trying to come up with a player. Yeah, so, <laughs> but is there a person that literally your your eyes kind of turn to? You're always kind of reading about them. You're always trying to keep track of whether it's their stats or just how they've been playing. Positive or negative. I would say positive. Positive. If you have a negative one, that's fine too. Sure. I'd go Tiger Woods for me. And I think that that's what... I I, I think that in in both regards, in baseball and in golf, Bryce Harper sort of thrives on being that sort of uh, perceived villain. And I think that Tiger Woods thrived on that for a long... Well, during his earlier career, I, I think that he was probably seen as sort of the golden boy. Um, but Tiger Woods sort of became the villain in that role where people love to watch him or love to hate him. Mm-hmm. And so I think that he makes a lot of sports uh, appointment viewing. And when I used to work back in uh, on, on golf tournaments, especially for the players, you would get you would hear about this thing called a Tiger bubble. And if Tiger was teeing off at seven in the morning, you could tell by the crowds alone. If he was teeing off later in the afternoon, it was a ghost town. So it, I think that there, those athletes that have that persona, whether you, you want to hate them or whether you want to love them, that bring a, an enormous amount of attention to the game. And I think that Bryce Harper is doing that for baseball. And I think that that's, you know, we, we alluded to it earlier with the Masters low rankings that golf really doesn't have that villain right now. And the the ranking or the, the ratings are suffering because they don't have a villain. They don't have a John Daly. They don't have a Tiger Woods for fans to to want to watch, to hate, to want to watch, the, to judge him. So Tiger Woods would probably be my appointment viewing player. I once uh, walked up to where Tiger was um, hitting on the driving range. And there's, you're not allowed to take pictures of the golfers whatsoever, right? So I'm like, oh, well, I'm sneakier than most people. I'm just going to casually, like, literally have the phone, you know, ready on the camera setting and, like, just, like, briefly do, like, a sweeping motion. <laughs> and hopefully I'll get him. Nope. Um, immediately someone said to me, ma'am, no pictures. Do I need to remind you by taking your phone? I was like, how did he see that? Good grief. They see everything. They really do. I think there are snipers in the trees above me. Wait, I heard you're not allowed to bring your phone into the players this year. That would... That's possibly a rule change. I haven't heard that. I I thought that was a recent... They changed it a couple years ago that where you could bring your phone in. But you can only use it in designated areas. Right. Yeah, and there were the no pictures in certain areas, too. But, I mean... Nowadays, you can't tell people not to bring their phones. You're literally not no. going to have anyone between the ages of 16 and 25. Right. I understand the no pictures thing. That I can understand and fully respect, but no phones? Probably. Well, they they no. probably worry about. I, I, there was a, a, I think it was a, a media person that got kicked out for periscoping. Mm. Um, and so that was a big deal last year. And I want to say it was at the players or it was one of the, the major tournaments, but she was kicked out for periscoping because obviously that affects their broadcasting rights. And, you know, why would people watch a, mm. and the video a broadcast I instead of a periscope? Most people just want to take pictures of how beautiful it is and then, you know, be able to send that to people and, yeah. and brag about 
the players. But um, Amanda, did you think of anyone? Did I give you enough time? Because I can go if you need me to. Um, yeah, I I guess I, my mind goes straight to a couple quarterbacks, but I'm going to pick one and I'll just go with Cam Newton. Even though there's negative and positive surrounding him, I know a lot of people were very annoyed with him being so cocky, but he also did such great things like giving balls to kids and all this stuff, and he's been such a great dynamic quarterback that he's just a guy that you really enjoy watching. I also think of Russell Wilson, but he's a little bit less on the radar. but And weird. <laughs> and weird places. <laughs> um, but he does great things as well, so... I don't know. Did I answer your question? Sure. What, um, what are you looking for? Yeah, no, that I think typically the, the way that most people I think would, would address or interpret this question of who's the, you know, the most important person for you to watch, it's going to be whomever is the most important player on your team right. naturally, because you're right. already going to be kind of wa- making sure that you're there in appointment viewing. I thought of Jameis Winston too. Sure. Especially when the Seminoles made their national championship run, our eyes were focused mm-hmm. and I'll never forget. I was in Tallahassee for the Clemson game when he was suspended for that game. Yes, I and remember that. Everyone was going crazy, freaking out. You would think that like a president was assassinated. And he was in, just in the throwing streets. the ball on oh the sidelines. Not yeah. the uniform. Game? Yeah, that was just yes, half the game. Yeah. Yes. But regardless, it was no, I just was trying to remember. Huge deal to fans. And that whole year, it was all about him. I would say up until recently, mine would probably have been Abby Wambach. Uh, every time she took the field, I was going to be locked in. I say until recently, since naturally now. I kept forgetting tired, to ask you about that. What did What did you think about her whole DUI I, thing? Um, About what? Didn't she get a DUI? Oh, she did? I missed that part. What? Yeah. When did that happen? Like recently. You guys didn't know that? No, no. I didn't know that either. Is it not Abby Wambach? Yeah. No, I believe you. I just didn't well, hear no, it. No, I'm making sure that I got the name of the player correct. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't know that. Okay. I mean, yes. She got a DUI and then she came out saying that she's um, used cocaine before and she like apologizes for all of these things. I'm so, how have you not heard about this? This I is don't your know. girl. You only want to think I, about the good time. Um, I don't actually follow good morning america apparently no but it's been all over twitter (laughs) no yeah that's for like more than a week honestly though it doesn't surprise me yeah um just knowing how kind of volatile she is but now i think i would go with um michael phelps i think Mm. every single time he's gonna take and that's why i was trying to think of block i'm like why are you going swimming out of all (laughs) because that i swam growing up and the ability that he has is light years past what some athletes will ever have no matter how much they train um speaking of guys with you know or speaking of athletes that have some issues um <laughs> off the field slash out of the pool phelps is another one but um and i mean i guess woods has issues too and so yeah, all these the high up athletes i, mean, I think it goes yeah, just on the field of play is right, probably yeah. what we're talking about um, but yeah i i love watching him swim he's a good one anyone for tom brady I mean, see, I took football out of this because I'm probably going to be watching most football games. So taking one person is, is less of a, an appointment viewing for me because I'm naturally just going to be locked in during all football right, season true. to college and pro. So that's why it's a little bit different. Um, I was trying to think outside of that, that it's something I wouldn't normally watch, that then I'm going to make sure that I'm 
ready for I'd it. also say Bryce Harper, too, just because he's such a lightning rod right now. He has the, you know, the, the bat with, you know, the, the keep it 100 emojis on, on the end of it. And he wears the, the hat that says make baseball fun again. And I just think he likes that role and he's that good of a player. So I, I, I think that I would never watch a Nationals game just out of the blue. But if he's if now he's, they have Daniel Murphy, but now with with him and, and Bryce Harper, I, I think that they're they're definitely climbing up my list. All right, so last week I thought of this question, and I can't believe I've never thought of it before. Why do baseball managers wear baseball uniforms? That is what we are going to get to next, and we're going to say hi to a new, very special person. So stay tuned. Justin Humps and Heels built by Dream Hunters Homes on 1010X on 2.5 FM. To helmets and heels, built by Dreamfinders Homes, presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, ladies, let the baseball talk continue. But first, we're going to have someone join us before we get to our next topic. Jordan Diarman is new here at 1010XL 92.5 FM. Very new, as in you got here over the weekend. I did. I got here on Saturday. I feel like I've been christened by Jacksonville. <laughs> you know, I went out on a Saturday night with some friends and I moved into my apartment. Started work yesterday, but today was my first, you know, real day on the job at Getting up at the crack of dawn was obviously tougher than I thought it would be. So this is our like 14 that you're going on yeah, in, in but, the day. But naps are important. You know, <laughs> yeah. I haven't napped since I was in college, but I realized the importance of that today. So um, I'm here. I was excited because I heard so many wonderful things about the show even before getting here. So um, I'm happy to be here with you all today. Awesome. We're excited to so, have you. Yeah. Jordan, tell everybody where emails. you came from, how you got here. Well, I am originally from Atlanta, um, Jeff Rancourt's High School, Parkview High School, right by Stone Mountain. That's where I'm from. That's sort of like our landing point. Everybody knows Frenchie. So um, so that's where I'm from. I went to Georgia, and then I worked at a station in Atlanta, 680 The Fan, and sort of migrated to CSS, Comcast Sports Southeast. And, of course, that sort of went under with the SEC Network. But after that, I ended up in Nashville. It's a crazy story how I ended up there because I was going up for a brew fest. And I, you know, I didn't want to go. I was out of work because CSS went under. I was like nannying. And I, you know, my friend was like, just come on. And I, I was like, okay, you know, I'll make this a business venture. I'll go up there. I sent an email to a couple program directors. One responded to me. And we went and got coffee. I just wanted him to look at my resume, just tell me what I needed to work on. And he offered me a job. So I moved wow. up there the week later. So, uh, well, you don't now, take a while to move then. Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's how I felt like coming down here. Everything happened so quickly. Um, but I'm here and I'm still alive and kicking. So I guess everything's good, right? Absolutely. So you're, you're a big time sports fan. Big time sports fan. What's your favorite sport? Football. Hands Football down. for sure. Do you have a, go- a go-to team? You have to have a go-to team. Well, obviously Georgia, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, being an Atlanta fan, it's hard to um, be optimistic. You know, I'm I'm a bandwagon girl because being an Atlanta fan, you know, we don't ever win anything. You know, <laughs> the Braves, the Falcons, uh, obviously the we don't have the Thrashers anymore. The Hawks, Georgia, Georgia Tech. I mean, we don't win anything. So I, I'm a big bandwagon girl. I, I'm a big Patriots fan. 
Um, and of course, the Seahawks, you know. So I had a great Super Bowl, bandwagon Super Bowl, <laughs> a couple of years ago. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm a big football fan. Of course, I, I like the NFL too. So, um, baseball. I'm a big hockey fan now. The Nashville Predators sort of won me over. Nice. And yeah, I like pretty much everything. So now that you're in Florida, you've never lived in Florida before. Never. What are you most excited for? The beaches, yeah. obviously. I'm so sick of the snow because I, I've never really been around the snow before because Georgia, you don't really get snow. Yeah. But Nashville, it just seems like, I mean, ice, snow, everything. I luck, I was lucky enough to be in Vegas in January when they got, I think, close to a foot of snow. And I have chihuahuas, so you put chihuahuas in a foot of snow oh, and things. they <laughs> might, you know, they might not make it out. Oh. So it was... Uh, you know, I think that's going to be my favorite thing is just the beach, the warm weather, and uh, I think just a new beginning. You know, I'm really excited to be down here. I've gotten so many great vibes, just the people that I've met and the people that I'm going to be working with. So Awesome. All right, well, let's get from the Q&A of you to a question that I really am interested to hear y'all's opinion on. So... All of a sudden last week, literally, I'm like driving. I don't know where this came from, but I'm, I'm always thinking of stuff for our show, just different things that happen to me in life. I'll be like, oh, I got to, I'll interrupt someone. I'll be like, I got to talk about that. We've got to discuss that. <laughs> so I'm driving, talking to no one, as a matter of fact, listening to music, I think even. And I was like, why do baseball managers wear baseball uniforms? I've, I don't know why I've never thought about it because for a long time I've thought, oh, that's silly. But I never had that second thought, the connecting thought that said, but why do they do it if I think it's silly? Because it's not like these guys are going to get, you know, randomly called into the game like, hey, uh, we're going to need you to pinch hit there. You Clint never Hurdle. know, right? Like, no, they, we do know it's <laughs> never going to happen. So I was trying to figure out, like, is it just a tradition? But before I got to the, the answer as to why, I wanted to first ask people. So I asked a few baseball people, you know, people who absolutely love the game. Like, why? What do you think about it? Do you think it's ridiculous like I do? And they said it's just baseball. And I was like, no, 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 that's not an answer. That's not good is enough. It, it like... The other thing is it's not like these pants that they're wearing because most of them don't wear like the jersey. Uh, well, So what I found out actually is a lot of them don't wear the jersey. They just wear a jacket on top. Right, the windbreaker. Right. But if a, if they were ever to take the jacket off, they didn't have their jersey underneath, even though the MLB doesn't have specific laws about it. They still, I think, like would be frowned upon. But more so, these pants don't have like pockets up and down the side, so it's not like they've got like this great storage capacity as if they're in cargo pants. No, they're you know, tight, for all, as they right, should be. Right, they're tight, but there's not like places for them to put their dip or you know their pad <laughs> or stuff like. So it really is not utilitarian, nor is it really all that efficient either, because then they have to be washed with everybody else's clothes and all this stuff. So anyway, I'm now going to pose you all the question. Do you think it's silly? Do you think it's a great tradition? What do y'all think? Amanda, we'll start with you. Well, since I am... Hello, friends. This is Jim. <laughs> since I well. am not a baseball historian by any means. Nor am I. When it comes to uniforms, I don't really care. Therefore, I don't think baseball managers should wear uniforms because they are not a player. They should dress differently. I don't think they should wear suits 
Um, Definitely not suits. No, a lot of their games are ridiculous. The, well, that and a lot of their games are in the dog days of summer. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So I'm not suggesting be passing a out suit. I'm not even suggesting pants and a button-down shirt. But what about like NFL coaches who wear like track suits essentially, and it has the logo of the team, and they're wearing a hat? I don't know. I mean, I guess it Had would you be ever weird. thought about it before? No, never in my okay. life. Never once have I ever thought about it. That's all. I've never thought about it, but I think if I saw a manager in the clubhouse not wearing a baseball uniform, it would stand. It, it would stick out like a sore thumb. Well, sure, because only because it's change. Yeah, because well, and because that's what you've all. I mean, since the 1800s, that's what right they've done. But I think. I, but then there's another part of me that really likes the aspect, like when when Jack Del Rio he twice a year the NFL would allow NFL coaches to to wear a suit and so when Jack Del Rio would take advantage of that and he would wear a suit on those two games it's like oh it's going down tonight it is on usually the Jags were going down but either way no, no, I'm we, just we, we do well we in prime time we, we do did. well in prime time let's hope that works for our preseason game this year um so yes you think it would be odd but do what so do you think odd. about the if they changed it but what do you think about when you look at them now that you're going to think about it next time you watch a game are you going to be like yeah you know why are they wearing that No I, I I just don't it's one of those things I I've just never questioned and I don't think I would and, and until now I guess but <laughs> I, I force still, you to like I I I'm trying to think what they would wear in place of it and I think I would feel really uncomfortable if I saw them wearing anything else but a baseball uniform like even if it was like athletic wear or I don't know, just uh, regular like khaki pants and a, a you know khaki the team and a polo. yeah and a team t shirt. I still would think like no, you need to go put on a uniform. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, change is scary. And you said it. You said it when you were talking about Bryce Harper. You know, he had on his hat make baseball fun again. Baseball has been the same way since the 1800s, and so I think anybody you would say I'm looking at a manager, and if I see him in anything else, it's going to be scary. You know, but. I definitely don't think they're attractive, and I don't really see it like Amanda said. I mean, you're not you're not a player, you right. know. I don't understand the purpose, but then again, it's baseball. You know, people say all the time they need to cut down the season or they need to cut down the game time. Is that could ever happen? No. Is this could ever change? Probably not. Which I did appreciate at the Suns game Friday night that there is a pitch clock, and it's about twenty. I think it's twenty seconds. Um, so it does feel like it's moving faster. Yeah, and even if it isn't actually moving faster, you think it is because you're like counting down with the clock. So I did kind of appreciate that, which I almost forgot to mention a story that is very important. So I'll get to that right here in a second. But as far as how I feel, I think it looks ridiculous if you really stop and think about these managers. Yes, it dates back to a time when there were player managers. So there were times back then that there were managers that were also players, kind of like the captains are now, and they were called into the game. So that's where it originally started. But there's absolutely no need for them to wear them. And yes, people don't like change, and especially baseball people. But if you were to stop and think about it, like... Can we ask them, like, is this comfortable? And I think I even read that Mike McBeanie wears cleats, like, in addition to his baseball uniform. Maybe they just feel more part of the team that way. It makes them feel young again. Maybe, but, and and this is where I would argue that point is, you're the authority. You're the leader. You don't want to be like the rest of them. You need to be able to tell some of these, you know, but that's Dumb why they wear the window heads. I think yeah. you can be both. I think you can still embrace some of the traditional aspects of baseball that makes it so great and then still want to see a little bit of change that happens, in, you know, pace of play or in increasing the offense in baseball. I think you can have it both ways. But there's some things about it that are just quirky and, and that's what makes the sport great. Sure. And 
I'm not advocating that they change their outfits. I'm really not. Yes, you are. No, I'm really not. They can do whatever they want to do. If that's what collectively they decide is best, then by all means, it's their sport. Would you like that, though? Would you be one of those people that's okay with change? I would, but that's also because I feel like our generation, my generation specifically, has been completely involved in all of the social media change, all of the internet change. Like we were the first kids to be on the internet. We were the first kids to be in this age where computers were everything. Like in high school, I saw it go from no one had internet to everyone had internet in the span of my four years. So I feel like that was like, all right, well you better get ready. I had online classes in college that no one had ever had before. Then, you know, we go into the times where there's texting and we were expected to understand all that and then social media and not that I'm old but I was on the cusp of the generation that had to learn it instead of y'all's generation which is you grew up with it and there wasn't anything else um I mean, I really can remember writing papers and there was no internet. So I had an encyclopedia. I had an encyclopedia Britannica too. Yeah, like that. It was like a big deal that you had it. And that's, we're talking about just an eight year gap here. Yeah. An eight year differential that changed everything. So I think I I was brought up in the way of like, if you're not used to change, you're going to be left behind. So you better deal with it. So I'm okay with it. But I would never sit in front of an actual baseball manager and say, you need to change. Not at all. I'd be like, don't you feel a bit silly sometimes? Like, when you're like, I don't know, leaving the park and you see all the little kids dressed in their uniforms <laughs> and like, here you are. I don't know. It's just something about it. But quick story at the Suns game Friday night, sit in our seats, look down. Guess who's a row in front of me? Tony Smith with his parents. Guess what Tony Smith has with him with his parents? A baseball scoring book. Tony oh, was scoring awesome. the entire yeah. game. It's such a lost art. I know. And so I, well, unless you're covering the the games, like Blaylock has to, Jessica Blaylock, who used to be on our show, she covers the Marlins now. Um, she scores, she has to score all the games that she's covering them and stuff. Um, but what I loved was, and I should have asked him to bring the book in, because there was an oppo grand slam oh, in shoot. the Suns game. Ugh. Tony's dad turned around and said, what was that? He goes, what was that home run? And I said, it was a grand slam. He goes, what was that home run? And I was like, it was an oppo grand slam. And he's like, that's what I was talking about. I, I was like, thank you I'm for having I'm paying attention so much more to this term. And I swear I've heard it at least 10 times in the past week. And I'm like, where was this my whole baseball life? This and maybe you term. heard it and you just never paid attention to it. No, I guess so, because every time I hear it now, and now it gets brought up on Twitter, and I'm like, you guys are driving me crazy with this. People even last week, Prosser and Dempsey were talking about it on their shows, um, too. I didn't get to hear it. At least it, we make a told. lasting impression. Exactly. Absolutely. Jordan Diarman, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. We are me. looking forward to having you involved here at the radio station. Yep. And for people yeah. who are worried that we're replacing Donna with Jordan, um, no offense, Jordan, but we are not replacing <laughs> Donna with Jordan. Donna's no, just not here tonight, um, but Jordan will be taking an integral part of 1010, so get excited. All right, uh, coming up next, we are going to talk to Blythe about Generation Wow, which happened last week, as well as a little bit more NBA talk. You're listening to Helmets and Heels, built by DreamFunders Homes on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Jaguars football by women, for women, and men. 
Helmets and Heels, built by DreamFinders Homes. Presented by Underwood Jewelers and American Window Products. On 1010XL, 92.5 FM. It is Helmets and Heels, built by DreamFinders Homes on 1010XL, 92.5 FM. Blythe, Amanda, Lauren, alongside you tonight. And Amanda Borges, you are going to tell everyone how they can win one of the most coveted items here at the radio station that anyone can win. Mm-hmm. A Peterbrook chocolate heel. Yes. Everyone who's ever won them has, I think, eaten every morsel and loved every bite. Absolutely. Um, okay, so we don't talk that much basketball around here. We don't. We don't. But tomorrow... Tomorrow late night, by the way. Tomorrow late night. Are, are any of, is anyone going to be awake at 10.30 when these games begin? Yes. I'm awake at 10.30. <laughs> oh. You guys go to bed before 10.30? Some nights. Oh, Heck okay. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> tomorrow night is Kobe Bryant's last and final game. So, it got me thinking, what would be the best way for him to go out? Like, what's one thing that he should accomplish in his, in his last game? Okay, so if people want to respond to that in order to try to win the chocolate heel brought to you by Peter Brook, made exclusively by Peter Brook, they can text in to the Tencent XL text line driven by Zuval Ford. And Amanda, repeat the question for everybody. Tomorrow is Kobe Bryant's last game. What is something you'd like to see him accomplish in his last and final time on the court? All right, we will get back to base- basketball in just a minute. Um, by the way, for anyone who completely disagrees with me as far as this whole baseball manager uniform thing, that's perfectly fine. Um, I heard that we had some people that wanted to weigh in. So if you want to weigh in, uh, you can always tweet us at Helmets and Heels. By all means, let us know what you think. Um, it can always spark another debate. But Blythe, you got to attend a women's only. Well, I guess not necessarily women's only. And Donna Orinder was in here last week to talk more about this, that she is expanding it to, to men as well. But Generation Wow that she created, founded five years ago. This was the fifth year anniversary. It was held at UNF's Lazaro Theater. Features a lot of keynote speakers and then give everyone an idea because you got to attend what it was all about, the the excitement that was going on, all that good stuff. Sure, sure. So it this is this was the fifth year anniversary of Generation W. They they have several other events. Generation Works, which is a volunteer event, Generation Wow, which is another event they have later on down the year, which is a little bit more of a mentorship program. Um, but this one is their annual conference where they invite everyone from all over the country. Donna Orinder is um, she's big time sports advocate, uh, women's sports advocate in, in particular. Um, so she had a lot of influence, influential people that came into town for it. And um, the, the way that they started off the event was um, a big military show. So they had a bunch of women in military that are, you know, commanders of, of naval bases and just leaders in, in their respective um, service. They were all talking That's about awesome. the challenges that, that go through whenever they, you know, they're obviously, if they're out to sea or if they're on a submarine, that the different changes that they have to make for women who are now, you know, they, they have to share the same workplace as men. Um, and then after that was probably my favorite event. Um, they had a women in sports panel where they had a slew of influential people, including uh, Allison Overholt, who is ESPNW's editor-in-chief and also ESPN the Magazine editor-in-chief. And she is the only major sports editor in the country. And they, they had a, another gentleman up there um, who was a professor from UCF, and he was giving out all of these, I don't want to say great stats, but stats that are eyebrow raising and a few of them in 1971 one in 27 girls played high school sports today 
two out of five girls play high school sports. I'm surprised it's not even more than that. Yeah. You don't think it should be more? I, I'm, yeah, two out of five, it should be more. Yeah. I would think. Um, but I think that that also draws to more funding for these school programs now. But think um, of how many high school sports there are, too. Right. And, and that's definitely and I don't know if they're counting cheerleading as a sport. Sometimes programs uh, don't. I think high schools do, though, because... Like at UNF, it's not a Division One sport, right? Um, right. But but right, it depends on how they count yeah. it. But sorry, keep going. Keep going. There, there was just a couple more stats that I thought were really really interesting. Um, one of them was ninety percent of sports ed- editors today are men, and nearly all of those editors are white males. And that's what mm-hmm. I was guessing you're going to say next. And that honestly doesn't surprise me in the least. I feel like that world of the the written word world is all looks looks all the same and has very little diversity to it. And, and that's definitely a really good point because you, you think of how long the, the print media has shaped our opinions and our views in this country. So that the fact that our opinions and our views were, were given by a single demographic is really eye-opening as far as how we move forward with, with the way that different sports are covered. And with that said, um, women's sports last year got 1.6 airtime compared to men on network news and sports channels. So 1.6% compared to everybody else for women's sports, which is a, a, a it, Allison Overholt said, said it best. She said that it gives me goosebumps and not in a good way. Hmm. That conversation of women's sports and how much it should be televised and how much it should be covered. You, we can certainly beat the drum on a daily basis as far as it should be equal but until the average person wants to consume it the same way, it's unfortunately not. That's who, where it's going to have to be driven from. And yes, there's the the whole circle of, well, the media tells you what to consume. But that's not necessarily the case. I think ESPN saw a massive amount of Americans start asking for soccer coverage overseas. I mean, it, a few years ago, you couldn't watch, turn on Saturday morning and watch um, coverage of all those games. And I think it was the amount of people asking for it. So there is a way that, that women's sports can be featured more, but the, the average person has to start demanding it. And that was a really good point that, that they brought up during the conference is that while they were all talking and they said, you know, well, men's sports has had a decades long jump as far as coaching and athletic training and access to, to hire quality people in order to train them and make their sports more exciting and to make their sports more, uh, I, I don't want to say professional, but more uh, appealing athletic wise. And so that's where uh they, they talk about the media agenda, and that has been shoved down our throats mm-hmm. for decades that men's sports are superior because guess what? Where is that narrative coming from? It's coming from the older white male, and that's 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 typically where it's at. And, and when you say that women's sports aren't as exciting, you have to understand that for decades that women haven't had access to that same level of training. And whenever you see a sport like women's soccer, wherever women have access to that superior training, it makes a world of difference. And we saw that with the World Cup win. Well, that and, and younger generations started playing soccer that, you know, was all female teams. Um, my year, I was the first one at the, I was on the very first all-female club team at the beaches. Like, wow. There was no one before me to, not that I, I did you? anything. I was 11 okay. when we switched from rec to club. And so we played competitively, we played travel. Previously, you played with boys. Previously, I played recreationally with girls. Several of okay. the girls played club with the boys, though. Got it. Okay. Until until it was created. Until so, the all-girl club 
Wow. Yeah. So that's interesting. And I would love to see a world where, and this won't happen in my lifetime, but a world where co-ed sports are very common, where you take the best, especially like that age, the, the younger ages. Yeah. You take the best boys, you take the best girls and you throw them on a team and they compete with whomever is the best from around the city or around the state. Mm-hmm. Because at that age, boys and girls develop so differently. And yeah. I know there was a girl on my team who was a striker on an all boys team and she scored a goal in almost every single game mm-hmm. and they did not want to lose her whatsoever to our team. Mm-hmm. We of course were super excited when we got her and of she was course. fantastic on our team, but they didn't. And they, and the best part was they treated her gender as if it was absolutely no difference. It was just, can you play? Can you exactly. score? Absolutely. We want you on our team. We want you to be a starter. And that, that was one of the, another big point that they brought away is that more businesses are taking what's called an un, it's called unconscious bias training because for so long, like we said earlier that people have, had the same agendas sort of uh, pushed down their throats when it comes to to women's sports. But the business case for sponsorships in women's sports is still being made. It's just th- those marketing budgets just don't exist yet. Mm-hmm. So it's up to, it, it, you know, I know people will blast something like the, the Rooney rule, but the, that was one of the big takeaways as well, is that you need to have a Rooney rule that includes women and it needs to apply to every single position, not just the leadership positions, because that's where, that's where you make your way up the chain of command. You have to start at the bottom level and work your way up. And right now that Rooney rule just doesn't exist for women at that level. It exists at the higher level, you know, the head coaching position where you have to interview a woman now for for any of those positions. But it it needs to exist on that lower level as well. I know guys that prefer softball to baseball. Like that they would way rather go to a softball game because there's usually more hits. There's usually more runs. Mm -hmm. There's chatter the whole time. There's excitement. And like my dad is probably in that category. If you were to ask him, would you rather go to a Florida softball game or a Florida baseball game? I think he would pick the Florida softball game. Wow. Now, granted, Florida softball team is the best in the country. Yeah. Um, but the baseball team is really good too. And I think it's just the pace of play typically. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they're I think you kind of get to know them almost a little bit more, their personalities by watching a softball game versus a baseball game. I feel like unless it's, yeah, Bryce Harper, or Joey Batista, you're not really getting to see their inner personality. You just see the stoic kind of front that they put up during baseball. But, you know, that's just a one perspective. But you have to you have to have the proclivity for the sport in order for it to ever come across your radar. I'm not a huge professional tennis fan i've never been my parents always watched it i was never in the room i couldn't really stand it i don't know why there's maybe it's the grunting i'm not sure but tennis just doesn't do it for me and that's men's or women's it's it doesn't really matter at least at the professional level collegiate tennis is fun because it it's you know you get to see it in person and it's a little bit different um but for the most part i think you just have to find those women's sports that you love to watch versus like, oh, well, now I need to love all women's sports. You know, that's not really the way to approach it with a lot of viewers. It's not like, okay, if you love basketball, you have to love women's basketball. Right. No, not necessarily. You just have to find what is, you know, your interest and then kind of learn about it from there. It's like the Olympics. I will watch the the women far and away than, than more than I would watch the men. So like gymnastics and swimming, I, I'll watch that all day. But some of the other men's events, meh. Just, right. And it's not a gender thing. It's just a personal interest thing. Right. Exactly. And that's once that starts to change then or not, not even change. But once those groups become more vocal, then I think we'll start to see changes. Hey, Borges, you're quiet Hi. over there. 
I am enjoying listening to this conversation. I was actually thinking, because we were talking about women's sports, I was thinking about today because we had Blues Day here in Jacksonville. We were celebrating. Yes, I wanted you to talk about that. Yeah. Um, the Rebot Lady Trojans, the girls' basketball team, won the national championship, which is insane because I played flag football in high school, which was actually competitive where I'm from. And I was trying to put myself in their shoes because I'm like, how would I feel as a high school junior or senior Winning the national championship and having the city shut down a part of downtown and have this whole parade for me and my team. That's just insane. And so it was really cool. Um, I emceed the event. So I got to introduce all the players and interview the coaches and the players and a bunch of community leaders were there and Mayor Lenny Curry spoke and a bunch of others. And it was just really cool to see the community there. There were probably 2000 people there. I would say so way more than I thought. Um, were you and nervous? it was just cool. You know, I was a little bit at first, but then I wasn't. And I don't know why, because I was on a stage, but it wasn't really a stage. So I was higher than everyone else, but probably 10 feet away from people. So I was really close. Um, but no, it was just fun because we were there for the team and for these teenage girls who worked their butts off to get where they were got to and it was just really cool to honor them and their trophy was there i actually held their national championship trophy it's probably like 50 pounds it was yeah i heard you so, say that that's impressive that you were able so to hold heavy. it what good thing have you've you been seen lifting these guns come on <laughs> yes that's why i said it's impressive <laughs> you were able to hold it um no it was just it was a now, cool event did it was you cool. get to learn how many state championships that they've won over the last so they've won the three three state titles in the last four years and then um, in Rebalt history, they've won 11, the girls' basketball team. Which is insane. Insane. So state titles. Um, they also, I'm probably going to get this stat wrong, they were the only public school to make it to a certain point. And I don't know what that is. Because um, a Maybe lot of private the, schools. Fine, the championships. It, yeah, it could have been. Um, the state championships. Right. So Rebalt athletics as a whole has celebrated 24 state championships. 11 of them are girls basketball, one national title, and that's girls basketball. And do you know, because I think it was, what, an eight-team playoff in the national championship so. in yes. Madison Square Garden. So do you know how those eight teams were selected? Did they go no. into any of that? Okay. No. I was really curious about that, and I'm assuming it's just based off of some sort of ranking system. Yes. Um, they were ranked ninth. Okay, so maybe somebody tapped out <laughs> in the top eight. Hey, not we're really a little sure. busy. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be able to make it yeah, this year. I'm not really sure. But the cool story is um, the coach, Sheila Seymour Pennick, she took over from a coaching legend back in 2004, and she's been the coach ever since. Um, they win the national championship this year, and she's already announced that next year is going to be her last season. So I asked her, I'm like, how do you top this season? Like, next season is your last. She's like, you don't. And I'm like, well, you just have to win another national championship next year. (laughs) Well, and and just how exciting. I can't imagine, like you said, the city shutting down the parade. My, like, biggest moment in sports came when I missed a PK. Uh, Luckily, we still won the game. But so I can't imagine, like, had I made it and then had people been, like, carrying me off the field. And then had we won, that was just district. So then had we won regional quarterfinals, semifinals, regional finals, state or final four, then the state championship, then won a game in Madison Mm -hmm. square garden. And just making it to the national championship is huge in and of itself. And then to win. And it was by a huge margin too. Right. It was, I want to say it was like 70 something to 30 30 something. Yeah. Yeah, Something Mm -hmm. like that. I put it in my update one day last week, but 
Oh, good stuff. Anyway, way to go, it was exciting. Yes. We bought Lady Trojans. And way to go you for emceeing the event. Oh, thank you. Proud of you. It was fun. No problem. Good job. Thank you. Um, I got to see a tiny little video that was posted online. Oh, um, there's a video online? There was. Well, it's like from Jacksonville Sports Council. Oh. That it, it doesn't really show you, but okay. it shows the coach coming cool. in. And cool. I knew you were awesome. on the microphone somewhere. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> I was proud. Okay. Good job. Thank you, Lauren. Um, and before we get back to basketball, speaking of emceeing events, Blythe, what are you doing tomorrow night? Well, there's a really cool local shop down at the beach called Really Good Beer Stop. And Jacksonville is quickly becoming um, what they a beer were. beer mecca. Yes. Whoa. That's what they're calling. They're calling Jacksonville as the craft beer capital of the South. Um, we have tons Hey-o. and tons of breweries all over town. And what Really Good Beer Stop does is they bring all of those local craft brews into one place where you can buy the beers and take them home in uh, big cans, what they called crowlers or growlers, which is the, the larger. Or six packs um, or 12 packs. That too. You can always buy the crowlers in, in, in six of them and hopefully you don't die. Um, uh, but um, we're going to be. I mean, ha- six packs. They have six packs along the wall, <laughs> not six growlers. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> I do a lot of drinking a beer, apparently. No, no, no. They have six packs along the wall, too, because some people don't want to necessarily own growlers right, right, for some right. reason, but they do like really high-quality beers that they yes. can't get anywhere else. Okay. And that's the thing. They bring in beers from all over the country and have a strong focus on the local beers, too. So you can come in and beers that are normally only available at the restaurant or at the brewer, you can get them filled at really good beer stop and then take them home and so you can have it whenever you want. But we're, what we're going to be doing and what I've sort of partnered with them on is the second Wednesday of every month, we're going to be having um, an intro for craft beer for, for newbies because it's sort of an intimidating market, right? Like I, I'm used to drink Natty Light and Bush Light all the time, and I stayed far away from craft brewers. And you're camo koozies. That's right. Come on. <laughs> oh, but goodness what we're, gracious. What you sort of found with a lot of places that have tastings for craft brewers is whenever you go in, there'll be a bunch of different beers, and you're just trying a bunch of them, and your palate gets messed up, and you, you hate something that you might like if you were to try it in a different order. So what we're focusing on for tomorrow night's event is we're going to be trying three different IPAs and we're going to be tasting them in a specific order so that it's a proper order. So where you're not messing up your palate, we're going to have beer experts on site to answer any kind of questions in a non intimidating fashion. It's for men and women alike. So it's only five bucks. It's from six to eight and it's at really good beer stop and it's down in Jack's beach off third street. Come hang out. It's right across from Mellow Mushroom, yep. Salt Life, all in that other shopping center um, yes. where Buddha's Thai Bistro is located, in case you want some specific d- instructions right next to Watts Juicery. Yes. All right. You should uh, invite Frank Frangie because he uh, loves craft beer. Yeah. <laughs> he should absolutely come. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and get his feet wet with He'll it. Say good thing he's on vacation. <laughs> All right. We are going to get back to some NBA talk here in just a few minutes. Justin Helmets and Heels built by Dream Punters Homes on 1010XL and 2.5 FM. just want to talk football more helmets and heels built by dream finders homes presented by underwood jewelers and american window products now on 1010 xl 92.5 fm it's your final few moments to win the peterbrook chocolate heel remember to text in to the 1010 xl text line driven by duval ford and what you think should happen during kobe bryant's last game tomorrow night last regular season game for Kobe Bryant. And that leads us to our Twitter poll. Blythe, 
how have the votes been going? Are we seeing that more people want to see Kobe's last game, or are we seeing more people want to see the Warriors break the Bulls' streak and get to 73 wins, potentially? Overwhelmingly, people want to see history made with the Warriors. Yeah! 78%. Oh, excuse me. 80% had just updated. So 80% for the Warriors, over 20% for Kobe. And I think the only people who would ever really want to see Kobe are true Lakers fans. Right, and we're in Jacksonville, FLA, so the amount of true Lakers fans is probably going to be a bit reduced. Um, but overall, also seeing the end of an era versus seeing the peak of an era right. is all, you know, it's really not even a fair question. But the fact that 20% answered they'd want to see Kobe, there are people that understand that the Warriors may lose. So you may not be seeing history. They've, but you can still got want the, to see it. Well, sure, sure. But right. you're and, definitely seeing Kobe's last game ever right. that you can talk about. Right. Otherwise, you're like, yeah, I was at that game where the Warriors lost to the Grizzlies. Man, it sucked. Because <laughs> maybe a lot of these people consider the Warriors that they'll, this team is going to stay intact for a few years. So they're, so they're going right. to have years and years of seeing this this uh, peak of greatness of, of what they're accomplishing. But with Kobe, this is his final hurrah. And so ESPN picked up the Warriors game versus Kobe's last game. So obviously they're agreeing with oh, our Twitter poll. Oh, they made a well, decision too. They, they bumped it to ESPN too. Two, and so right. I guess that made a lot of people at ESPN not very happy. But I'm sure those people that were not happy were Lakers fans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly. Um, Amanda, so you'll be gone next week. Yes. Where are you going? What are you doing? What should we be paying attention to? What channels should we be following you on oh, so we know goodness. what you're doing and where you are. Well, so I'm from Northern California. I was born there and then moved to Florida when I was two. So I grew up in Florida, but my entire family still lives over in Northern California. So I'm going to San Francisco because my cousin is getting married. Very nice. At a vineyard? So she's getting married nice. in Sonoma. Oh. At a vineyard. So leading up Lauren's to the wedding, oh, I'm mama. just going to hang out in the city, just kind of gallivant around San Francisco. And then that weekend, she is getting married at a vineyard. And then I'll be back here in Jack's. For the start of OTAs and the players and all that fun stuff. Nice. Have you ever been to a wedding at a vineyard since your family's from there? Um, I've been to many a vineyard, but <laughs> not for a wedding. So this will be nice. Y'all would be proud of me. So tonight in the grocery store, um, not only that I figured out that spaghetti squash is also <laughs> commonly known as cactus melon, apparently, <laughs> but I walked up to the wine section and I always make my selection based off of how much the discount is because I like all of one type of wine, uh-huh. which is Chardonnay. So as long as the like, if I can save the most, and that's how I select at that time. It's very random and scientific. So tonight there's a bottle that I could have saved eighteen dollars on. What? It's my favorite brand. It's Wait, my I'm favorite sorry. vineyard. Yes, I could have saved eighteen dollars. It's normally thirty eight dollars. I could have purchased it for twenty dollars tonight. Okay. Um, I shop at Winn-Dixie because I like the fuel perks. So shout out to Winn-Dixie. Um, I'm standing <laughs> there. Publix. Right, I know. I love Publix. Don't get me wrong. But the fuel perks, I saved 45 cents off of a gallon of gas. Every gallon of gas oh, last wow. week. 45 cents. Are they going to, side note, are they going to keep yeah. that going whenever <laughs> Philo fully takes them over? I've always wondered that. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but that would certainly change my allegiance <laughs> and team of uh, which one I belong Grocery on. Stores. <laughs> Right. Um, and honestly, I really, I love Publix, but I definitely shop at Winn-Dixie That's a only because difference. of the fuel perks. Um, but anyway, and the people are nice there too. Not Nothing against it. Um, I just grew up Publix child. Mm-hmm. But I always knew when my parents were short on cash because then they would go to Food Lion. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd be like, oh, it's a tough week. Hold on. Hey, I, I know that struggle. Terrible. Have 
have you guys ever shopped at Aldi's? Yes. Yes. Where you have to bag and box your own (laughs) stuff. I shopped there and Solomon's is another one. Oh, yeah. Um, I actually shopped at Aldi when I lived in North Carolina after college. There were, there weren't any Publixes, and I didn't know what to do with myself. So I'm like, this looks like a grocery store. I'm just gonna walk in. I was like, is this a dollar store? Where am I? I shop there regularly. When I, I was couldn't dirt broke. find anything. I do like the dollar store. Though, Gosh, the talk about being spoiled. I was not a happy. It's not a Publix, but no. you'll save some money. But so I'm standing there in the wine section. I'm like, oh, I could save eighteen dollars and get this amazing bottle of Chalk Hill Chardonnay. But I was like, I think saving the $18, but spending the $20 is probably not in my best interest because there are bottles for less than half of that right next to it. Also chilled. But um, all that to all that to say, I mean, I think you should go to Chalk Hill, the vineyard while you're out there. It is extraordinary. And they take you up in an ATV. They have their own garden and just amazing place. And they take you all the way up on the mountain. Um, it's really called a hill, but in, for Florida people, it seems like a mountain. Um, but that's why it's named Chalk Hill because it overlooks nice. all this area. But yeah, so I think you should go there. It's absolutely gorgeous. I thought of you when I had Girls Weekend in Tampa a couple of weeks ago. I purchased for my best friend who is hosting us Zach Brown's wine. Oh, uncaged. yeah, on Remember, we tasted that at the gala and I loved it. And then when I came home, I was going to buy it and it's so expensive. Is it? Yeah. I haven't looked it up. I don't know if it's just here. But when I was home and I bought it, it was it was very reasonable. Hmm. So I don't know if Zach Brown was like, I'm up in this stuff. After Lauren figured out that it's <laughs> Zach Brown wine. It yeah. says like, it just says like Z. You have to know. Yeah, it says it doesn't uncaged. say Zach Brown. The, yeah, the brand is uncaged. I think there's like a ZB on it. Something like that. Right. But I knew that their CD was uncaged. And I was like, is this Zach Brown band wine? Oh. And they were like, uh, yes, actually it is. And I was like, well, give me two servings of that, please, because <laughs> I figured it out. All right, we're going to check in with Fat Tony next and find out who wins the Peter Burke Chocolate Heel shortly. You're listening to Helmets and Heels built by Dreamfinders Homes on 10.10 x on 2.5 FM. Thanks for checking out the podcast for Helmets and Heels. As a friendly reminder, you can always check out the latest on our Twitter feed at Helmets and Heels or on our website at guysgirl.com backslash Helmets and Heels.